Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Tonight, Panorama focuses on the terrorist gangs who follow one small second division club. Millwall in London's dock. Yes, welcome my friends, welcome to the show that never ends. You are listening to a very special Midsummer's edition of Achtung Millwall. My name is Nick Hart and this is the number one Millwall podcast brought to you by CBL Magazine. Now this show comes to you by popular demand, well at least one bloke on Twitter anyway, and it's brought to you in association with our friends at Web Directions, great looking web design for small and medium sized businesses. For more details, go to www.webdirections.co.uk. Well, coming up in a packed programme today, we've got conversations with some great new guests on all things Millwall. First up will be a regular voice on these shows previously, Mr Craig Griffiths, in which we discuss the new away season ticket idea, Genius or Madness. That'll be followed swiftly by a roundup of Mill News over the summer with another excellent new guest, I've got to say, Mr. Charlie Mahoney. And the show is rounded off with a regular new feature that I really hope takes off, one that I hope will capture the essence of our unique support. Yes, today's listed line is a very special, entertaining and well-known Mill guest, Mr. Les Hammond. So stay tuned for Les at the end of the show, he won't disappoint you. So there you have it, Achtung Mill it's all free, it's all Millwall. It's nobody's magnum opus. It's not presented as art. And it makes no claims to be the truth. Just plenty of bollocks. Okay, so next up on the Achtung show, the Midsummer Achtung show, we've got our regular guest and contributor Craig Griffiths. Thanks for coming on the show, Craig. Hey, no problem, mate. Well, we're talking about this away season ticket initiative that was published online yesterday on the official site. Um, an interesting idea, an interesting idea. I'm not terribly sure it's been completely thought through, but um, you and me have just had a little brief um, exchange on Twitter, and, and, and you're more supportive of it, perhaps, than maybe I am. Well, I think it's it's it's... I think it shows the club uh, taking a good direction. I remember there was 
talk on membership schemes or point systems or something or and someone mentions an away season ticket on uh, a couple of the forums so in in that respect i think it's taking into it's showing that the club are taking into account fans views yeah on things um i was a little surprised uh, reading on hoff and i might not have read it fully that the fan on the board and supporters club I don't know if they were told about it from Pete's yeah. little post. It didn't look like he, he he knew much about it, which I think for something that affects supporters for the supporters club yeah. and the fan on the board to not know about it, yeah. that's where it goes a bit awry. That's one aspect of it, that I'm, and you're right for identifying that because that's clearly an issue. Maybe if we just explain what this thing is, that might be a good mm-hmm. point for listeners because not everyone's as unfair maybe as... Likes of you and I are Craig, but um, so it's billed as an away season ticket. Um, yeah. Image of the Dens bus with the Den written on the front, which immediately takes to the wrong destination. But anyway. Yeah, there you are. Um, <laughs> we won't quibble on that. So effectively, what you're committing to do is it is an away season ticket. What you're effectively committing to do, and I've had a look at the application form, is you're committing to buy up to um, well potentially all of the away tickets next season, but you can cancel three times. So you yeah. commit to twenty away tickets come what may um you're committed. i think it's more is it not is it isn't it uh plus league and cup so plus if we get cup. if so we get drawn away you're uh you're you're, you're at least tw- 20 uh, 20 well you're at least and, 20 in aren't you potentially yeah. more, depending on cup draws and, and whether we make it past the second round of the first round of the carling cup yeah so yeah you and what you're saying and i'm just reading the small print is that you'll be issued and your season ticket, um, you know, kind of uh, family or, or, or friends or whatever, uh, you're you're committing to buy an away season, uh, an away ticket for every single away game next season, effectively, with free cancellations allowed. Yeah, that's quite a large commitment. I I I I'm not sure how you feel about this. It I, is a large commitment. I've re- when I was reading through it and sort of making uh, little notes, I think it will change. If not this season, it will change next season. Um, I think it's a little. It's probably a pilot study, a test study to see um, how much away following we've got. I mean, likely it is we might get one hundred to two hundred people that might take take yeah. uh, take them up on this, yeah. um, just so that they're they're secure. If we do get a big draw away where it's yeah. going to sell out, they'll want their tickets and, and stuff like that. Um, I think that will change the the amount they can cancel and also the time. Because I think you have to you have to have four weeks' notice to cancel a game, yeah. um, and as some people have mentioned, with the amount of midweek games, um, and you know, especially if you've got the winter schedule, and if we've got a bad winter, you're going to have more midweek games. That's going to change, and um, yeah, I think they'll eventually. I I wouldn't mind if they even had it as a you commit to a season ticket, but. Um, if you can't make it, your season ticket goes on sale for that particular game. Yeah. Um, so they'll still get the, that guaranteed number. They just won't get necessarily any extra. I mean, um, imagine this has been brought in specifically to deal with the... I mean, it's obviously going to, clearly going to be the big games. It's not going to be a Tuesday night in Wigan where this is going to arise. This yeah. is going to arise on the QPR game, was probably the classic example at the end of last season. We were given, I think it was 1,200 or so. At yeah. I'm going to guess that Brentford, Fulham, I don't know what allocation Fulham give, but these are going to be high demand matches. And effectively, what you're buying with this, in a sense, is a 20 quid, um, you know, administration fee, whatever you call it. 
So you're buying first dibs in a sense, aren't you? you are, Absolutely. You're and that, to buy that ticket. And I do wonder how far it stretches. Does it become first dibs if, for instance, we manage to get to Wembley again? Uh, we haven't been there for at least two uh, year, so that's that's something that we're looking forward to again, obviously. Um, uh, cup finals, yeah. uh, uh, you know, where where does the buck stop in terms of the uh, the the amount of games you can go to? If we have a run in the FA Cup and it's all away games, yeah. um, are people going to be punished if they can't afford it all? Don't know. I mean, I, I, was, I was thinking. I'm, I'm a season ticket, home season ticket holder, mm. and clearly that's one of the attractions of that is. Well, twofold really. A, you get a discount on your on the on the net price of going to watch Millwall. And I, I can't remember how it checks out. It's there's a dramatic difference per game in buying a season ticket for the season, yeah. as against your match day approach. So there, there it is. There's 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 a there's a gap between what you're you know effectively spending and what you you could spend. So that's one thing. And then yeah, you do get this kind of member stroke season ticket first um, call on on the big away games. <clears throat> now I. I a couple of games of you know it's rare that we sell that many away. Um, mm. I'm, I haven't looked at the figures for last season, but the, your kind of average northern shithole will probably what three four hundred maybe midweek yep. games. I don't know twelve hundred thousand for for the bigger you know Saturday afternoon venues, but it's rare that we sell out the allocation going away. Um, Leeds is a whole story in itself, but um, I. I I mean, I can kind of see where they're trying to go with this, and I can see the purpose behind it because it, it's a, a system that is geared for success, isn't it? I think it's I think it's a Holloway inspired system. I think it, for me, it smacks of Holloway said, "I want the fans at every game. I want as many as possible, and if we can get them committed to those games, then I want that for the team." That's that that yeah, that for me is is it's it's a it's it's. It, perhaps he's just said I've got an idea I want as many fans there as possible make it happen yeah. and they've come up with this but for me it's it's a very Holloway design system he's all about community and, and, and the club and, and all that so I think he wants some more fans there as possible and I, I still, I'm still stuck on the big commitment side of it I mean are you paying £20 up front which is a huge yeah. state but you are actually saying that you know whatever life throws at you, whatever you know, work, family, life events, you name it, mm. you're, you're going to buy a ticket for Blackpool. You're going to buy a ticket for Huddersfield, and you know places that, uh, in the normal course of events, you might think, yeah, I fancy that. I'll go mm. there. But I'm not sure in June. I want to say, yes, I'll be in Blackburn in next March. It, it, yeah, my problem with it is we're not. Our current tickets are, are actually relatively cheap. Um, yeah. as a home ticket, home yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so to commit to those away tickets, where you know uh, you're looking, you know, upwards of thirty quid, that doesn't include your travelling or anything like that. I think it's a system that will need to be looked at. They might look at the initial numbers, see that only mm. ten, twenty people have signed up, you know, less than a hundred, and they might change the rules and say, all right, it's 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 we're going to change it a little. You can cancel a bit more often. You only have to commit to, say, 10 games. I mean, I, I, I don't know the figures. So I don't, yeah. I don't know the breakdown of the mill support. I'm going to take a fairly, um, you know, percentage shot that most of our fans will live in, in the heartland, south-east London, Kent area. Mm. And then rapidly as you go away, it's going to diminish. But we do have, I know from doing the magazine and doing this podcast, 
we do have a, a fair number of fans that live outside London and some in some far-flung places, you know, going mm. north and, you're, I mean, you're in Bristol, for example. Yeah. So, you know, it, the, the support is spread around the country. It may favour, it may help those fans that live in, I don't know, up north or, or wherever, um, you know, who may well think of the northern games as more more home games for them than, than coming down to London in that sense. So, I, don't yeah. know, I just don't know what size of market they're playing to. You know? Yeah, it's, it's a... It's a difficult one because, and, and this is what this the, the the only thing that worries me about the decision that's made because I think it's actually meant to be a progressive step. That's what it's intended to be. It's not meant to yes, be a hindrance yes. or anything like that. Yeah. Um, but my only problem with it is, while it shows they've listened to the fans, if they haven't spoken to uh, or consulted Pete and the supporters club. Mm then they've sort of listened listened in one sense and ignored completely, in the other sense, um, the fans of the club. Because, you know, there's no saying... There's no saying... I think it's actually got a fair bit of support. Um, just, I think it needs fine-tuning, like you said. Yeah. It's it's not... Um, it's it's not a it's not a bad idea by any stretch of the imaginations, um, you know, compared to some of the membership schemes or anything like that. But it, it it's... For me, it's it's an idea that's been thrown out. It's it's one of those ones that if you're in a board meeting or something, yeah. someone says this is my idea, and they say that's a starting point. Yeah, we'll go from here. It does have a lot of slightly eleven o'clock in the pub feeling about it, doesn't it? It seems great when you've had a few beers inside you, and you think, oh, that that'll really work. Then yeah. next day you start to see the the flaws in, in you know and the cracks in in the edifice. I mean, I mean, the other thing I just want to say, I mean, um, I'm, I'm just not sure about this idea. And you are specifically buying first dibs on your way tickets. All yeah. Ordinary, that, that won't make a huge difference in front of the regular home season ticket holders. Yeah. But the bread and butter of Millwall Football Club are those um, those fans, those loyal fans that, that shell, you know shell out for home season tickets, whether we're in League One, League Two, Championship, or possibly Premier League or wherever else. And it, it, it just is a slight snub to them because now there's there's somebody else that stands in front of you ever so slightly. Sort of, but then again, I I understand it. So the, the fans who who are home season tickets will be paying their equivalent of however much it is, eighteen pounds a game and travelling to the game. Yeah. But then you've got this other group who will be paying at least, as we were talking about, at least thirty pounds for a ticket. Let's say, yeah, for for their ticket. So that's they're probably already going to be paying more than a season ticket holder for for, for that for that privilege. They will probably go to home games as well. Yeah, I was going to say it's probably a fair crossover between the home. Exactly, and they and might the go to yeah. they might go to as many home games as uh, home season ticket holders go to away games, but yeah. because of where they live or anything like that. Um, so I, I, the 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 home season ticket losing out on any away tickets i don't think will matter the interesting thing will be what if it's so popular that we don't get a high enough allocation to to give tickets yeah. to all of our away season ticket um we'll members a, a traditional dockside one ticket in the middle of a big scrum and fight it out wouldn't we well it would be it'll be the uh, first one to the nearest service station won't it to pick up your ticket <laughs> Just just to close out the piece, um, I I think it's worth reading this. I've got the small print, I've got the form in front of me as as you and I are talking, Craig, but it might be just reading this sentence because I think it's important that people understand what it is they're going to be taking on for their 20 quid. What you'll be putting your signature to is that um, if for any reason I cannot attend any of these away games in brackets, I will still be charged for my ticket and I will not expect a refund. So that's what you're signing up to. You're going to get charged whether you can or can't go. 
Um, so just be wary, I think, because, um, you know, six months down the line, who knows what might be going on in your life. Yeah, definitely, definitely. A big, if any fans are considering it, if I mean, if the majority of them, I imagine, would be considering it, can probably afford it. Yeah. Uh, but if if it is wary, I, I would look at it because when I first saw it, I thought it was you only had to commit to three games, not yeah. that you necessarily <laughs> had to. <laughs> that was my first read. Exactly. That was bad, you know. <laughs> you know, do a few games in the south this season, but um... yeah, I I thought it was going to be it's a twenty quid membership for the club to say here's twenty quid and we'll guarantee you it puts a little bit more money in the in the the club kitty even if it's only yeah. sort of two two grand three grand yeah. whatever it's yeah. a little bit extra and you have to pay for three season tickets so they've got guaranteed uh away support for the x xyz games plus that but it's not that <laughs> so, worryingly, so yes worryingly if i send your application into uh miranda as in veranda but with an m miranda <laughs> miranda eccleston any relation to bernie i wonder <laughs> Thanks a lot, Craig. Really hey, no problem. You know I never read no match day magazine. No one likes us no TLR. Neither are those things. Oh, CBL. A magazine. CBL magazine's the best Millwall fanzine around. Just two quid. It's on sale before every home game. TBL. A magazine. TBL. A magazine. And gentlemen, CBL has left the building. Okay, so I want to welcome on the show a new guest now, Charlie Mahoney. Charlie, really big welcome to you to come on Achtung, mate. Thanks for thanks, coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be on here. So midsummer's Achtung Millwall, um, the sun's shining, the birds are twittering, and England are out of a World Cup quite early on. So <laughs> traditional English summertime here, mate. But we're thinking about Millwall. Um, fixture week this week. We're hanging this show on the announcement of the new fixtures, new season fixtures. And a bit of a plum first game up, isn't it? Leeds United at home. Yeah, quite um, quite uplifting actually to see that. I'm glad that the fixtures coming out has coincided with England sort of exiting the World Cup because it gives you something else to think about. Yeah, and uh, no, I think the Leeds fixture is pleasing in more ways than one. It's always good to have a big game to start off, sort of just on the back of the announcement of them appointing this David Hocker day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, I've got a few pointer notes here for myself, and you've leapt straight to the the heart of the matter. David Hockaday, who was Forest Green Rovers manager, apparently previously. I, seriously, I've I've never heard of the bloke. Um, I've got to be honest. I mean, you know the pictures. I don't know if you've seen the pictures on Twitter. He, he, someone's described him looking like he's he's won the 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 health lottery or the postcard lottery or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he well, does give you that look, doesn't he? That impression. It's very strange. I mean, I, I don't know how true it is, but someone said that he actually came out with a gem that the fans have got to earn his respect as well. So, talk big. Kind of imagine, <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine that going down too well up there. No, to, no. I mean, there really are a club in turmoil. I mean, obviously, you know, the Millwall Leeds fixture is is one of the great pantomime fixtures of of English football. I'd suggest okay. now. I think it's a fantastic fixture each year, and um, I'm amazed it doesn't get televised more often. Perhaps it's just as well it doesn't get. You know, I mean, I, I think it's just it's it's just wonderful theatre, isn't it? You know, the the den, 
facing Leeds. It's uh, all, all the elements that I've, got, I've just written a few here just to run through them. Turkish flags, which are obviously banned. But uh, references to Jimmy Savile. Who can, I think yeah, that's no one. Yeah, in the last couple of seasons, that added a bit of... A bit of pet, uh, didn't it? You know, yeah. a great Yorkshireman, Jimmy Savile. Another Yorkshireman, the Yorkshire Ripper, of course, that he always gets uh, yeah. mentioned, doesn't he, on, 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 on match day? I mean, let's be honest, though. I mean, Leeds do like to make a massive thing of it. And I can see why there's a fence with the... Galatasaray thing, but they do seem to forget the year they came down and started singing in a minute silence. I think it was the day after George Best died, wasn't yeah, it? That's so, right. Yeah, they're no, they're no angels in those nah. And you know, you're right. You are right. I mean, it's you know, we laugh about it, but it's. I think it's more the reaction that it draws and the hypocrisy that it draws out for me, Charlie. I don't know what you think, mate, but unfortunately, like whatever, even if you're dead against it, I mean, it's always going to be part of the rivalry in football and. Um, yeah, I think that's crucial to to state that we're not the only ones that do it, and that Leeds have been just as responsible for these sort of things down the years themselves. And if you tell you know a support like Millwall, um, Mill support that there's something you can't do, well, that's red rag to a ball, isn't it? I mean, they're going to do their best to do it, aren't they? If you get that reaction, yeah, you know, it's, it's only going to it's only going to sort of increase it happening. And um, I, I don't necessarily think people do find it funny that. Uh, uh, couple of Leeds fans did no. get pulled up there. I do, without wishing to like trivialise it, I think it is just more about getting a wise out of them, to be funny, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. Really. No, I'd agree with that. And I, I think on a serious level, you're, you're, you're correct. It is the um, it is the reaction that is the amusement factor and, and the kind of hysteria that goes online. There's a, um, what you might have read, there's a character called Rob of Leeds, who I don't think is the full ticket, to be quite honest. But he publishes a regular blog um, trying to get under Mill's skin and his... I think there's an element of, um, you know, one of the great English clubs, Leeds in the past, were up there with the big clubs, and now they've fallen on hard times. And there's something fascinating about ruins, aren't there? Like Roman ruins, Greek ruins. Yeah. Leeds ruins, you know. (laughs) It's a lot more entertaining because of their sense of entitlement as Mm. well. There's very... Exactly, yeah. There seems to be very little recognition on their part, just how much they've declined, and not just how much they've declined, but the fact that it's not just a temporary thing anymore. They're not no. on their way back to the promised land, and it looks like they might be a football league club for quite some time. Well, they're millions of pounds in debt. I mean, I don't want to spend too much time purely on the Leeds issues, but they are somehow they've contrived to be millions in debt. They've Their chief executive, I think, was nicked in, in Dubai on, on, a, on a holiday or a trip over there. Uh, and now they've got this guy, Dave Hockaday, who, um, you know, you, you do wonder just what is going on at that club. And yeah. now they've got to face Millwall on opening day. So um, it could be quite a great occasion. And, um, you know, obviously anyone listening to this, get yourself down there. It don't get much bigger than that on opening day, does it? Yeah, it's, it's really got the sort of um, the imagination going, really. And uh, I don't want to tempt fate, but I think it could be an ideal time to play them because there's just going to be so much unrest at the club. Yeah. Uh, it's a similar situation to us at that time last year. You know, a few, well, more than a few people being disgruntled by a loan mass being appointed. It just yeah. seemed to yeah. go against us, didn't, didn't it, really? Um, That's a good point. That's a good point. Quite a tough month. I mean, we've got Fulham the uh, following weekend, Fulham away. Um, we don't quite know yet what we're going to expect from Fulham. Yeah. Fulham Premier League, so I wouldn't call them giants, but they're certainly a fallen you know, Premiership side. And then I think we've got a tough away trip to Sheffield Wednesday as well, fairly early on. Um, yeah. Some tough fixtures two, two tricky ones, really. I mean, I think most Millwall fans are going to be looking forward to going over to Craven Cottage um, for the first time in quite a while. Yeah. 
um, Sheffield Wednesdays or Hillsborough's always a great stadium to go to. Yeah. But they're one of those teams that I can't really, like Fulham, assess how they're going to do. They could genuinely be terrible or they could even make a push for the top six, such as the size of the club. Yeah, I mean, just looking at those opening fixtures there, Charlie, I mean, we've got Rotherham at the end of the month where you really we've got to be expecting to get three points out of that at home anyway. Otherwise, you know, the Fulham away and Sheffield Wednesday away, well, they're tough fixtures and really it's got to be three points at home to Leeds if we're going to come out of the month with something, haven't we? Yeah, it's crucial and it is important that we start this season well because for the last couple of years we've just not been used to that no. um, optimism to begin with and it's it's had a bit of a rock for us, I think, going into the subsequent months. So crucial that we get a good start this time round, I think. That leads us nicely onto my second point here about um, Holloway looking to control the squad size. Last season we had a, um, a season record, I think, wasn't it? A, a, a league record, 42 players in the squad with Blackpool. This season he's looking to reduce that down quite dramatically, um, comparing us with Burnley, who I think used 25, I read online. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, the unwieldy number of... Um, it wasn't entirely Holloway's fault. We, we, we got into the, uh, you know, the madhouse, didn't we, at one point. Um, but certainly, a, a squad of that size becomes unwieldy, and you just you just can't. We have players I can't even remember now. I mean, exactly, yeah, players. David well, Connolly, can you remember him? I can't. I I, I think uh, I remember him playing against <laughs> Derby and being atrocious in the game we lost five one. But yeah. it was getting to the stage where we were signing players out of sheer panic and knowing before they'd even kicked a ball that they weren't necessarily going to be any better than who they were supposed to be replacing. Yeah, um, it was just a real nightmare in that sense and I think when you look at that league table they compiled of who used the most players the fact that us and Blackpool were tired at yeah. the time yeah, um, yeah this is just conclusive evidence I think and yeah. it felt like there were just too many choices last season to me because consistency in selection is often going to yield consistency in form and like Holloway couldn't do too much about that last year because he had to bring in his own lot and they were certain that he just couldn't shift yeah Interesting point. I'm just reading on what is a comment on the News at Den site on this story. You've got the comment section below. A bloke called Sketchy Beans come on, gone on there and said he doesn't think that we're strong enough for a playoff push. Well, I don't think we are at the moment because we're still rebuilding. But um, he's saying he wonders if Hoyt has got a future. And it, it just leads on to the second point or the third point on, on this list here about um, Holloway handing all Mill players a clean slate, which I think fairly pointedly takes us to, to um, Justin Hoyt, who's been a, you know, uh, a disappeared man, isn't he, for the for, for last season? I just wonder whether Holloway sees something, and maybe that does imply some some route back into the team for him. It'd be interesting if he can make a go of it. On paper, a decent player. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a possibility, isn't it? I mean, I, I can't imagine he's on a small wage either because he has got Premier League experience, and like a couple of others, he came from Bower. Mm. Uh, a lot like Scott McDonald, I very much put him in that category as well because. If we're going to be paying him such reportedly lucrative amounts of money, then we've got to try and get some return from that as well. And, you know, Holloway hasn't had the chance to instil his pre-season regime yet. And I know he tried with the trip to Portugal in January, but that was a very brief yeah. amount of time. So if he gets a chance to, you know, instil his values in those summer months, then we might get a bit more out of the players who had a bit of a nightmare last time round. It's tough halfway through a season, Charlie. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you, the, the damage had been done by Lomas. We were 
you know, we were clearly in a relegation battle at that time, and he's taken them to Portugal to try and build basic team spirit, and by the sounds of it, get most of them fit. You know, that, that's that's a tough call. Um, it's just an interesting comment that he's, he's given here to News at Den. He's, um, uh, Holloway says, it's very simple. I never, I never close the door on anybody. I just have some rules I want people to live by. Um, he wants people to work hard, improve themselves, get their weight coming down, body fat coming down. And this classic quote here, um, if you don't behave, you don't get an ice cream. And normally, I, normally an ice cream for a footballer is a chance to play. Uh, it's been <laughs> really, is it? it? The ice cream uh, quote. As it's the one show we're doing this summertime, I wanted to get that in because I just loved yeah. it. It's classic Holloway, isn't it? But his point is right, isn't it? I mean, you know, work hard, yeah. do the right things, the rewards come. And I think that's... That's manner, you know, manner from him for us. It's it's twofold as well because not only has he got to say it because you know we can't dismiss anyone in that squad without them kicking up a fuss and fucking off. Yeah. He has to actually give people a certain chance because if we don't, it could come back to bite us. So. Well, let's yeah. be honest. I mean, you know, we, we, we've all taken the piss out of um, Justin Hoyt, and I, I put my hand up too. He's become a, a running joke. That, you know, the man that may yeah. or may not exist. You know, <clears throat> but let's 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 take a step back and look at it neutrally. If we don't know his fitness issues, but if he is fit, um, he has. A, I think he played for Arsenal. I think he's played for one of the England um, youth operations. I think he was in England under twenty one. Yeah. So there we are. So you know, if the boy's fit and if his head's right and if he's working for Ian Holloway, then. You know, he deserves a chance. And it sounds like we've got a potential asset. He, he's come yeah. to us with a, you know, a, a track record, hasn't he? So, um, too proud to, you know, acknowledge if he turns out to be a decent player for us. I think if it benefits the team, then I'm fine with that. All I will say, though, is I think Carlos Edwards is going to be a huge player for us next year. So Massive. I really liked him, didn't you? And done sort of. Had an, yet another renaissance, journey. So you yeah. do wonder whether Quet will feature that much. I just think Holloway's saying if he puts in the application, then the opportunity's there. Two big signings in the or re-signings in the summertime here, Charlie. Chief Exec Andy Amber says to be relieved at the uh, uh, as Mill duo uh, David Ford and Lee Martin extend their deals. I mean, I think they're two critical players. Lee Martin particularly towards the end of last season really started to flower. I thought really good. Yeah, couldn't agree more. I think the revival did sort of coincide with him being in the team a lot more. And uh, there were genuine aspects of quality about his play, something that I think we lost with James Emery going Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had his flaws, but he did have the genuine nous to create. And Lee Martin gives us that as well. And it's just a shame he didn't feature more last season. And, you're, you know, you're, I make you right picking out Carlos Edwards, another player... A mature player, but clearly kept himself in shape at the age of 35, I think he is. So he's, you know, he's playing into the twilight of his career. But what a performer last season, towards it when he came to us. Um, a revelation, I thought, for us. He was immense, wasn't he? And, yeah. uh, you know, a lot of people have been talking about Perlo at this World Cup. And it's just another demonstration that even if you are in your sort of mid to late 30s, if you look after yourself and you've still got a bit of an ability, yeah. it's no reason why you can't be very important for your team. David Ford. David Ford's also re-signed. Um, a good, a good signing. I, I, I like Fordy. Um, Me one, too. Yeah. One chap here, Bradders on on news at Den is a bit shocked that the club's offered Ford a three-year deal. Um, I, mean, I think Ford was looking for a four-year deal, which was probably probably strong. Um, he's got a three-year deal. Um, but goalkeepers play on quite late in their career now, don't they? Um, yeah, they do. Yeah, and I think his importance speaks for itself. Um, 
My brother made an interesting comment the other day, actually, that he thinks that that might lead into a potential coaching role at the club. It's a good point. It's a good point, yeah. I mean... It's that in his blood now, so... And he seems I to, see he seems to well, dressing room presence, Charlie, doesn't he? He seems to be somebody that dominates proceedings, you know. You, um, yeah, you get a sense, my, a sense of personality off of him, you know. Yeah, as Michael Calvin called him, he's one of the governors, isn't he? So yeah, yeah. he's one of the, the few there that were genuinely frustrated when things weren't going right last season. And it's important not to be looking for a number one when you're starting preparations for the season. You need your goalkeeper in place, and I certainly didn't want that to be Stephen Bywater, to be honest. I mean, this this chap, Brad, has made the point about signing a good backup keeper. He's mentioned names of Jilks. I don't know who Jilks is. Oh, he's the Blackpool keeper. Is he? Um, I mean, he's named Westwood and Jilks as, as possible. So, I mean, I, I think there's a good point there to be made. I'm, I'm hoping that we've got um, some, you know, some backup in mind. You're, you're correct with Bywater, so I don't think as um, impressed at any stage, is he, with us? Um, it's not very much a hangover of the line mass regime for me, unfortunately. Yeah, very much. And Ford, obviously, at this age now, he's, what, 30, 34, 35, where he's going to be. Um, you know, injuries do start to come more often at that, that point in your career. So, you know, let's hope that he'll always got something up his, up his sleeve for that. Um, the major signing of the summer, really, has been this uh, Lee Gregory, Charlie. Um, £250,000 from Halifax, which is quite a substantial sum by Mill standards. Yeah, it is, but I think that's exactly the sort of risk we should be taking because the last time we did this, I, I imagine, would have been with Steve Morrison. And, um, Morrison, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know he didn't have the greatest of seasons last time, but his initial spell with the club was a huge success, wasn't it? So Yeah, I mean, from memory, we backed Morrison from Stevenage, we backed him for 150000 didn't we? So, you know, you obviously you, you're clearly taking a chance with um, a, a chap who was an electrician and he's played part-time football from Halifax. But that said, he's scored 31 goals in 39 games in, in the conference. So, yeah. at any, any level, that's that's a record, isn't it? Yeah. I think it's nice to be signing a player for once where it feels like um, the trajectory of his career is going in the right direction and he's not just one of these sort of journeymen who's only willing to sign for us because the price is right. Yeah. And he's going to be very hungry. He knows what a big opportunity this is. And another pleasing side of it were the comments that he made. They just sort of reinforced my belief that Holloway is a really good asset to the club because he seems to retract these signings and, and get us sort of getting these players over the clubs that are in for them, really. I mean, in fact, Gregory said here on News at Den that Holloway made a a massive difference. Um, he's by far the best manager I spoke to. And I love this line, and I hope, hope that listeners will like it too, that Mill were the biggest club that came in for me. Not often we've read that in, in a sentence, is it? Mill were really? the biggest club. <laughs> I, I think um, Holloway really has sort of increased our stock as a football club. And, uh, yeah. you know, I think we do become a... I hate to put it down to just one individual, but I think he makes us such an attractive proposition for players now that... This is one of the major benefits of having appointed him. No, you get a sense. I mean, you get a sense that that's why Lee Gregory signed for us. I mean, this this idea that Holloway will improve you as a as a player and as an individual and and raise your game. Um, it seems to be the motivation for the boy, and, and fair play to him for that. He says that he's confident he can make the step up here. Um, he, he puts his hand up to being a little bit behind with fitness, but I think that's that's to be expected. But it's quite an exciting signing. I mean, you know, we've not seen him play yet, um, but I feel genuinely excited by the by the prospect of Lee Gregory this season. It's going to be an interesting one, isn't it? 
definitely. And I'm just pleased that we've got this signing sign up already. Um, it's it's very sort of typical of us to be going right into the season and not having secured our sort of marquee signing, as it's often been described. And yeah. signing a strat was crucial because I feel like that's the department that we're most depleted in at the moment, uh, with Jackson and Meyerhofer having left. So, yeah, good news, I think. Really encouraging development for the season. And good news coming out of the squad was a story of Ed Upson saying he wants to make Millwall fans proud next season. He didn't get much of a show last time, did he? Um, injured, no. injured for last chunks. From what I remember of him, he was—he looked a fairly skillful pass for the ball, but um, you know, never really saw enough of him to to come to big conclusions. But he seems to be keen, keen for it this season. Um, chap here called Terry the Turk says it's new vibrancy, new feeling, new 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 den almost. You know, it's um, things are looking up this season. Yeah, there were a couple of individuals there that I was really pleased with when we signed them. Uh, Upson and Williams being the two in particular that I'm thinking of, and. Really high hopes and a lot of potential, but there just wasn't enough of a showcase for it last season. And I genuinely think we can build a midfield around those two. Um, it seems like we've finally, you know, got rid of Trotter, who, you know, he's had his talents, but was just too much of a hindrance in the long run. And uh, Jimmy seems to be very much... Although unfortunate, it doesn't seem like he features in Holloway's plans. So I would be surprised. I mean, the, you know, just the next point here, we've got we've got Jack Powell, um, you know, wanting to fight for his first team berth. Um, and, and going back to Jimmy for a moment, there is a real commitment. It seems to me to to youth now. This is going to be a youthful Millwall side, rightly so, in my opinion, because that's very much our virtue and traditionally. So yeah. you know, players like Jimmy, who we love to death, um, unfortunately, probably. Uh, more League One than uh, Championship level. Yeah, I think if you're going to revolutionise revolutionize any side, it has to come from the midfield. And um, you do get the sense that that's the issue that Holloway was very keen to address when he first came into the club. Um, I do think we'll be much, much better prepared come August than we were last year, where we seem to have done most of our preparation in Nando's in Bromley. Exactly, yeah, and as we mentioned earlier, that brief spell they had in Portugal seemed like it could have been a good thing, but there was just probably too much squeezed in a brief period of time. This this is the genuine regime that Holloway wants to instil now, and I think we will see a huge difference in the players this time. I mean, Holloway's talking promotion, this is his aim, which is a good... I mean, you're not going to say anything else about that, are you? But, um, you know, I don't think it's... Um, I don't think it's as outlandish as it might have sounded, given the way that you know most of the last season ran. But um, certainly, squad-wise, we're starting to look the part, and you know, a, a mid-table placing going into the second half of the season, anything's possible, mate. Isn't it? You know, him saying that is all about changing the mindset of the players as well, to not just assume that we're in the league to make up the numbers. Uh, um, I believe is this our fifth consecutive season in the championship? It will be now, won't it? Yeah. Yeah, and, and, you know, there's something fundamentally wrong if you're going into your fifth stay there, just assuming that you're there to avoid relegation, really. I don't necessarily think he believes we're going to go up, but he wants them to have a little bit more confidence and believe in themselves a little more than they probably did last year. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, this in this piece he's done here, um, and this is on the official site, he says there's no reason why, if you look at Burnley, what they've done and how they've done it, Basically, with team spirit and commitment to each other and work rate, all of the, the, the qualities that we you know associate with Millwall traditionally. And he's right, there is no reason why, if you're if you're placed well in the table, you can't make a surge to the playoffs for the end of it. You know, 
it's not beyond the realms of possibility, I think. So and I think it's meat and drink for Holloway actually getting an underdog into the playoff and, and, and actually achieving promotion as well. If he can do it with Blackpool and Palace, I don't think it's that much of an outlandish statement. Um, not sure we'll achieve it myself, but I'm glad to hear those are the sounds coming out of the club. Interesting point as well, just on the on the kind of the, 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 the aspects of the club that lie behind the first team. There's a story here that Scott Fitzgerald was tapped up by by Fulham. Um, Scott Fitzgerald runs the the academy, so it's going to be the under uh, under 21s and, and below sides. Tapped up by Fulham to go and join them. Now I'd imagine they're going to offer him better money. Um, I don't know what their facilities are like, but you'd get a, a feeling that that's going to be the better job if you just looked at it purely from employment terms. Yeah. But he's turned them down to stay at Millwall, and that's quite Excellent. something. Excellent news. And uh, you've got to bear in mind that Fulham currently possess what's quite a revered academy. Um, yes, they do. Yes, they do. That's they've right. got some promising youngsters in, like, Cooley Woodrow and Patrick Roberts, and I think they did quite well in the Youth Cup last season. Yeah. Um, and the best thing about it to me is that it just sort of suggests that all those good things we've been hearing about the academy of genuine substance and... Uh, you know, for them to see Fitzgerald as enhancing their calls just illustrates what a fine job he must be doing for us. Yeah, I mean, I've got a major asset to me. I think he is a major asset to our club. And it's just an interesting line here from Ian Holloway, which I'll share with us. Um, Holloway says he shares my vision for the future of this club and will take great pride in every one of his boys who makes it into the first team. And it's that it's, it's that building of a framework beneath the first team, Charlie, isn't it? You know, you want, you want kids that are coming through that are hungry... And want to make it, and that's it's, what... an, it's an aspect of me all that's been uh, missing for quite some time now. Yes, yes, um, very much so. Still got a couple of sort of pros in the team who have come through the youth system, but that was we're talking a decade ago, really, in yeah. terms of Paul Robinson and Alan Dunn. And I, I hate to say, it, I'm not entirely sure Marcus is going to cut the mustard. So we really do need another generation that's going to sort of lighten things up for us. Yeah, John Marquis is an interesting one. I mean, I, I must admit, I thought well, he was he was done for when he went to was it Torquay with the Portsmouth Torquay somewhere yeah. like that. <clears throat> I thought he, you know the boy was 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 gone basically, but someone in the club. I mean, whether it be Harris, whether it be Holloway, I don't know. See something in John Marquis, and he, he he came back, and now he seems to have his chance. And this clean slate thing that we've mentioned already will include John Marquis. So. Big, yeah. season, big season for him, or a big, a big few months, I'd say. If he... Yeah, it's, it's like I wouldn't want to put him in the same category as Hoyt. I don't think he deserves that, but it, it's a similar situation where he it appears that he is going to get a chance. And, you know, if he proves me wrong, then I'll be delighted. I'm just a little bit dubious because I think if he was going to push on, he might have already done it. But, you know, like I say, I hope I'm wrong. Nice one. Well, we're going to close out this, this um, section of the show now, the final story. Um, X Mill Boy. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. 
For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Tim Cahill learned, learned his trade, learned his heart, as the story's got it on the, on the official site, learned his heart at Zampero. Did you, you must have seen the goal. Everyone in the world's seen the, the goal. I mean, it was a fantastic... I mean, probably reinforced by England's pathetic performance, but that's got to be my moment of the World Cup so far. Yeah, a brilliant, brilliant goal. Um, and he's, he's quoted, I think it was in The Independent, actually, he said that it was at the New Den and also Goodison Park, but we won't dwell on that, um, where he, he developed his um, his fighting spirit. And um, as he says here, when you have a heart that you learn from Millwall and Everton and a knowledge of how to play English-style football, they can't stop you. And they produce moments like that today. And I think that's right. I mean, that's that's what we've... We've seen from Costa Rica. We've seen that from Australia. Yeah, yeah. Being at a club like Millwall for that amount of time is always gonna sort of teach you the value of being the underdog. And um, he seemed to have kept that throughout his career. Really, I mean, the meagre sort of transfer fee he commanded. I know he was going out of contract the season after. That just exemplifies how overlooked he has been as a player. And very much so. Very much we, so. We know him more than anyone, and I suppose Everton fans as well that he can produce those moments of magic and it's really pleasing for me to see because there's always such authenticity in his passion when he speaks about us yeah. you know that he's not paying lip service he no, genuinely no. appreciates that experience and uh, yeah I'd love to see him back at the Den one day second that mate and it's, it's just good to know one of the great goals at, well, the greatest goal at Wembley has been scored by a Millwall player and now one of the greatest goals ever in a World Cup has been scored by an ex-Millwall player Tim Cahill so well done Timmy um, all the best to the Australians for the rest of the tournament because we're out of it now. As we speak, you and me are speaking in the aftermath of the um, Costa Rica win over Italy. So that's the end of England. Um, so there we are. That's 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 the section of the show done. Big thank you to you, Charlie. You've uh, thanks for having me. It's been a real great pleasure. guest. Great guest, mate. We'll do this again once the season starts. I hope so. Um, to it, Nick. Brilliant stuff, mate. Um, and we'll be back after these messages. You're listening to the Upton Millwall voicemail, 0208-144-0232. Are you thinking what we're thinking? Hello, this is uh, James here from uh, Block 3, just wishing uh, Nick and all at Upton Millwall all the best for the uh, new, uh, new season. Can't wait for uh, nine more months of uh, crap jokes, appalling Elvis impressions, and uh, blokes raging on uh, bad mobile phone lines after he's lost in another northern uh, shithole. Uh, seriously, though, I think this is going to be uh, a really exciting season, although I say that every uh, time this year. Uh, I think Holloway could uh, really take us uh, somewhere. But 
anyway, pay this back in three months. Uh, we're bottom of the table. Holloway's resigned, and we've got the uh, the ex Fisher uh, manager involved in uh, an exciting new uh, coaching uh, venture. But anyway, whatever happens, even if uh, Millwall lose and they uh, fuck your uh, weekend up, at least we know with uh, Aston Millwall we won't be suffering alone. Cheers, Nick. Bye. Well, I hope you're enjoying this Midsummer's Achtung Millwall show from CBL Magazine. Now, like many of us, I'm genuinely excited at the prospect of a new season and I hope that this show will become a regular part of your Millwall week too. Now, as one of the two of you will know, last season we did a, a weekly show called The Millwall Hangover and that all rather ended in tears, sadly. But that's water under the bridge now. So I really hope you're going to enjoy our new version of Actung Millwall. I have some very good, some very strong and articulate Millwall fans lined up as regular guests and co-hosts for you over the season ahead. And I hope that we'll improve on the shows we've done to date. Now maybe you want to take part in the show, yeah? Well if so, I would love to hear from you. We're always looking for home and away match day reviewers. Match day comment, general comment, or just abuse actually, we don't mind abuse. So to that end, I've set up a voicemail facility. You'd have heard it earlier in the show. And on that, you can leave whatever you want, really. Good, bad or ugly. Achtung Millwall is the show that wants to hear from you. So just call 0208 144 0232 anytime, 24-7, and you can vent your Millwall spleen. You go straight through to the answer phone. There's no humans, and I'm certainly not involved in that. So no need to be shy. Just leave your message there. If you're listening from outside the UK, we really want to hear from you. USA, Canada, Australia, Ghana, Chinese Taipei, yes, we really do get downloads in all those places. Call us, tell us your Millwall story. Abroad, you're going to need to dial plus 44208144 Or you can email us if you prefer at cblthemag at hotmail.co.uk. Okay, coming up next, we've got my new favourite feature on this show, the Listed Lions section. Very special guest, Mr Les Hammond. Stay tuned. Okay, so I want to welcome to the show now a bit of a, a, a Lions legend. This is the Listed Lions, a new section of the show. And I want to welcome on the show now, old Les, Mr. Les Hammond. Welcome to the show, Les. Thank you, Nick. Thank you very much. Thanks for coming on. This is our first um, listed Lions, an idea that I've stolen um, quite nakedly from Robert Elms on, on um, 94.9, but who cares about that? Right. Um, so I just want to... We've got a list of 12 questions to run through here, Les, and um, I just thought we'd run through them and um, see where the conversation takes okay, us. OK, we'll, so we'll see how, how, what a car crash we can make of it, shall we? <laughs> we're, we're doing well so far, mate. OK, so name is obviously Les Hammond and nom de plume on, online. You're, you're known as old Les. Yeah, now I go on MO as well, but everyone I know, you know, it's... Um... They're, they're, they're both good sites. I mean, unfortunately, MO's not not as busy as it used to be, but they no. go up and down, don't they? Yeah, I, I've I've never really favoured um, Mill Online. I, I, I've looked, I do look on there. I, I won't I won't deny that. Um, I suppose I've always used House of Fun more than Mill Online. I think you do tend to favour one or the other. Do you still do you still use both balls, Les? Are you, are you I still, still use them both. Look, 
Um, the MO people, if there are any listening, they might get a bit upset, but I mean, House of Fun, mm. r- r- it's a brilliant site yeah. right now, I have to say, very busy, a lot of good people. There was a lot of good people on MO, and you, you make, it's, it's funny, right, you, yeah. you do make friends off the internet, I know it all sounds a bit gay and stuff like that, <laughs> but... Um, it's true though, isn't it? I mean, yeah. there's some very, very good, solid Millwall fans on both boards. I've got, I've, I've got to say, some very, some funny bastards out there, Les, aren't there? I mean, some of the, some it's of the weak. True indeed, but I, I think the first Brighton game because we're at Lewis near Brighton. The yeah. first time we played Brighton at the Amex, I think we had something like forty people come here, yeah, and twenty of them were off of MO, and they were people I'd never be- met before. No, 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 it's strange, isn't it? You know, yeah, and uh, and we're all still in touch. You get to know people online yep. in a way that is quite odd, because you never physically... You and I haven't physically met today, first time we've spoken to each other, but it's... No, it's, a, no, it's not, actually, Nick. Is I it not? A mag- yeah, I bought oh. a magazine off you, but oh. <laughs> I, I normally I normally go uh, uh, to Martin or... Or, or the, the the wonderfully named Prince Busted. Prince Busted, yes. Who knows everyone? He, he introduced me about twenty people off of Foff, I would say. But there you are. Sorry, mate. I'm going on. No, 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 no. Waffle away, mate. No, no, no. The Prince is a, is a real mural character, and that's. I think that's one of the things. I don't know what you think, Les, but that's one of the things that always strikes me about our football club. We just have such characters, don't we? Almost, we almost dripping characters. You know, I, I don't know if Absolutely. it's the same at other clubs, but. I, 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 to me, it, it, it's a, a very, very unique football club. Yeah. Uh, and, I, I, you know, it all sounds a little bit of a cliche, but it, it is. I, I, the, the, the word, I think the word unique is sort of really overused these days, but mm. Millwall truly is unique. And if I just may sort of give a little example, yeah. I mean, my partner, Sadie, she knows nothing about football. Oh. Um, she couldn't even fill the back of a postage stamp. <laughs> <laughs> and she, but everyone's heard of Millwall. Yeah. So this game against Brighton that I mentioned, so yeah. we, we we got forty odd of them on, on their way down here. And you, you'll understand she has a little bit of trepidation, yeah. Like, like, yeah. like a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, when they all left, and and some didn't leave till the next day because we had a few <laughs> stay. She she thinks they're wonderful because there's all sorts. There was all ages. Yeah. We had them here from ten to sixty. Yeah. Um, and it is and, all, all human life, isn't it? You know, it's yeah. everything you can think of. You know. And, and we get a few faces down here. Don't yeah. worry about that. You yeah. know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been to Lewis in years gone by more than enough, but that was normally visiting in the jail down the road because <laughs> there's been a few tucked up in there. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> You're known as old Les, so can we disclose your age, Les? I've always had this picture of you like J.R. Hartley, mate, as, a, as an online image, so... <laughs> With a cravat. I always have you in mind... Whenever I read your stuff online, I have a mind of a, a, a very elegant English gentleman with a cravat. How old are you, mate? Sorry, mate. I, I, I'm 68 in all 68. Nice one. I look probably, what, 35, most people. Oh, I dare say. It. It's that country know. air, isn't it? Don't yeah, you know. Clean water and King country air. And, you know, I've still got all my own teeth and stuff like that. <laughs> would you, I mean, would you want to share with the listeners what you do for a living these days, Les? Or are you retired, I'm guessing, at 68? Well, we, 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 we don't do anything now. Up no. until last year, or my partner and myself. I mean, I've done all sorts of things. I've... I spent a lot of time in sales and marketing and stuff like that. But right. for quite a few years, um, when I met up with Sadie, she was sort of running down her business in a way. 
Um, and when I came along, we ran it up again. But she, it was conferences. Okay. Um, we didn't do a lot. We used to do um, <clears throat> two, two or three a year. But yeah. they were the big events, you know, sort of 900 people a day right, and stuff right. like yeah, that. Yeah, and, um, yeah. But, yeah, yeah, that was good. But it's gone now. You know, I miss the money. But uh, I, don't, I, I don't miss the work. And no. now I'm sort of not doing a lot. I often think, how did I ever find the time to go to work? <laughs> but there true, you right? go. What was your very first Millwall match you ever attended, Liz? Well, I, I can't remember exactly, but it, it, it was probably some little glamour side like Gateshead back in the 50s. <laughs> um, in, in, in fact, it may well have been. But I, I've, I've got to tell you, Nick, I, I came to support Millwall like in, in, in a sort of very like roundabout way, really. Cool. Because like my, my mum, and who's a great story in herself, but that you know that's for for another day. Yeah. My mum and all her family, they 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 came from Broccoli, Lewisham, uh, all, all around there. None of them were football fans, and I didn't like any of them anyway. <laughs> and um, my mum met a bloke who, who came from Kent. So right. I was very, very young, and we moved to a place in, in, in Kent called Crayford, which in those yeah. days was sort of deepest yeah. Kent. Yeah. Though you might say I'm probably the original Kent cunt. <laughs> um, and, and, and my dad, he, he, when he was younger, evidently, he played football, but he wasn't what I call a football supporter. He was... I, I I never saw a lot of him because he, he was a strong union man and he right. was <clears throat> he was either out sort of on union work <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah. Or, or or working because a lot of blokes then, you know, they 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 would work seven days a week like my dad did. He, he was a brake fitter on the railways. Right. Um and he, he he took me to a couple of games when I was, I don't know, nine, eight, I I really can't remember. Yeah. And oh, I have to say it quietly, the first game I ever went to was Cholton. And <laughs> which I sort of remember vaguely, but when I was twelve, something like that I had a, a mate at school who, funnily enough, lived in Welling, where yeah. sort of big, big Millwall support yeah. um, these days, not so much then. And I went with him and his dad. Right. Fell in love straight away. Never, uh, and never looked at another team since. Back in the old days, would you agree with this? I've got this little personal theory, and I, I did this to a degree myself when I was about 12 or 13. Away travel wasn't so easy back then. No, um, not at all. Many blokes, and I, I did this for a season or two, would alternate between going Millwall one week and, and Charlton the next because it was just a bus ride away from where we lived. The, the, the thing is, Nick, the, the other thing that you know, perhaps people might sort of find hard to sort of imagine, that you know, when I was 12, even to get from Crayford to, uh, to the, the den, yeah. that was no easy trip. We didn't have any money. No, no. You no. know, no, no, no one had money. And it was a fair old lug on the train, Les. Yeah. I, mean, I came up from Elmstead Woods, um, and, you know, the walk to and from the den from New Cross was, it wasn't a short walk. Money-wise, I lived in a street half a mile long, and there was one person with a car. Right. There you are, and no one had a telly, no one had a phone, no. and most people never had bathrooms. And uh, and of course, I I I kept um, obviously a, a, a few a few little friends yeah. uh, from up and around South London who I, who, who I stayed friends with, um, right sort of through my teens and in my twenties. But 
I, I sort of remember one or two of them lived down Deptford. I mean, one of them used to go in his flat. There was green slime on the wall. <laughs> you know, with a band. They weren't, you know... I'm laughing. They were very funny, really, is it? Yeah. You know, they were dirty people. That yeah. was how it was. How it was, and yeah. It's all a very, very far cry, for, you know, these days. It's, well, it's, it's, it's all a lot different and a lot easier. We just jump in our motors, don't we, and drive up there or jump on the train and, yeah. uh, and do whatever we do. Life's a lot easier in that way, isn't it? Yeah. Question four for you, Les. Coldblow Lane End, halfway line? Well, I, 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 like, look, like, like everyone, I mean, I always stood on a sort of cold blow down at the, the, the real den, as I call it. Yeah. The, the old den, um, there I go, I'm calling it the old den now. Yeah, yeah. Um, den, I, den. I only ever sat in the, <clears throat> the, the, the stands once, and that was when we played Crystal Palace, and as I recall it, it was... Billy Neal's last game because they 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 kicked him out of it yeah. and I don't think he ever played again. Yeah. Um, but when I started taking my son, I mean I started taking my son when he was about eight. Right. Um, and his very first game, we we stood at the cold blow, but after that we were used to stand on the halfway line, right down at the front. That's where I used to stand. Yeah, yeah. You just go into a habitual place of going. You know, it's quite weird, weird in a way, because it's free. Stand where you like, but you just always go to the same place, wouldn't you? Yeah, you do. You see the sort of same old people week in, week out. Apart from when you played West Ham, and you used to see a, a few different faces around <laughs> you, which I always noticed. Um, but again, you know, we, we we sort of got quite. Um, you know, you used to get friendly with the people that stood around you. I mean, for a while, we took to going going to games with a few. Them, you know, yeah, yeah, no, because, just, you know, going to the away games and stuff like that. Like you said earlier, a unique venue. I, I don't think anywhere can ever come close to. Never, Colorado. never, never, ever. Um, my father-in-law actually played there. Did he? Um, or my late father? Yeah, my late father-in-law. He was Irish, and he right. he, he actually played for Air. He was centre half, and right. uh, he, he played for Swansea. And I asked him what it was like playing at Millwall, and he said, well. They, when we came out, they was all screaming, fuck off, you Welsh bastards. And he said there was only one Welshman in the team. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Who's your favourite all-time Millwall player, Liz? Who would well, you go there, for? No, there, there's two, really. Keith Weller. Yeah. Keith Weller from a, a, a peerless, yeah. uh, from a point of view of skill. Yeah. Um, and Barry Kitchener. Kitch, yeah. I'd, I'd, um, Kitch would be my choice, but I'd, I'd, well, it predated me slightly, so I never saw him. But I've heard some fantastic, fantastic reports of his skill and his ability on the ball. Um, I, th I think we just sold him to Leicester when I first started going. He went to Leicester. That, 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 that's right. And I mean, they, they were sort of fabulous days. And, and I also think um, we had an exciting team then. And uh, Benny Fenton's teams. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And after Weller was gone, Barry Bridges came in. You might remember. Yes, I do. Yeah, um, yeah. And he, he used to like to play on the break, didn't he? Yes, Fenton's he was. Uh, teams. Yeah, that's right. Defensive. Uh, and, and when they came flying down at the uh, towards the cold blow. Yeah. Uh, a, a huge pace. You know, fantastic days. Yeah. Kitch was a choice of um, favourite all-time player. I think probably I was of that era. But what a man he was, wasn't he? He's rugged. Quite a skillful defender, actually, in his ways. Uh, I, I think, like a lot of players, a lot better than he was yeah. ever given credit for. A bit like Terry Hurlock, really. Yeah, Terry yeah, Hurlock was a much better choice. footballer than he was ever given to credit for. But now, Kitch, I mean, like a, 
like I've met him on on quite a few occasions, mm. um, like a lot of Millwall fans did, of course. Yeah. And he 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 always had the time for you, and he always sort of you know he wasn't one of those days that the blokes that was talking to you just for the sake of it. No. You know, he, he just enjoyed you know chewing over old times and and talking about what was going on with Millwall. Yeah, a, a, a great bloke, pitch. Nicely put. Loved him like everybody else, and it's a a, a huge loss. The last time I actually spoke to him was a Keith Stevens testimonial. Uh, And Um, and can I just give you a little story from that one? Sort of very briefly. Well, I I, I was um, Keith Stevens testimonial with a bloke called Bertie Kite. Right. um, Because at at the time, Keith was manager of Fisher. Yeah, yeah. And I I was doing the reserves at the time of Fisher. And uh, there's a few people on listening may well know Bert Kite. He was a he, he's a bit of a Bermondsey character. Okay. He, he's moved now, but everyone knows Bert. Anyway, I'm sort of standing there in a player's lounge after the the, the game, and um, all of a sudden this bloke he 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 sticks a, a program under my nose and says, "Oh, Les, would you sign that for me?" Right. So, hey, what? Yeah. You think, oh, it's something for charity or whatever. So I just done me. So I said, yeah, yeah, mate. He said, oh, thanks, thanks very much, Les. And on it goes. Right. And I turned around, there's Bert Kite and Barry Kitchener kissing themselves, <laughs> laughing. And what did Bert had told this bloke that, that I was Les Briley? <laughs> and of course, when I look at Les Briley from a distance, you can, I, I, don't, I, I don't look like him, but you can see a likeness. Um, yeah, you you're not a million miles I mean. away, I guess. Yeah, it's the same sort of air, not much of it, you know? So, yeah. So you signed it, Les Ammon, under the under the zoo in the yeah, and I mean, I, I don't know what, what if the bloke ever. T- I mean, no one can decipher my signature anyway. But um, <laughs> I don't know what the bloke must have thought. All right, when he got home, he said to his missus or his or, or his kids, "Oh, look what!" And hey, what's this? He's you trying know? to shift out on eBay, right? Yeah, now, you know, yeah. Who's the worst player you've ever seen? The worst middle Jason player. Bear. <laughs> Next. <laughs> yeah, I, like, well, it is one of the long line, really. Yeah. But I, I, yeah, I, I, I think Jason Dare. But I, look, I could spend your whole programme listening. Brian Deer, do you remember him? Um, before my time, but I've heard uh, bad mate, reports of him. Yeah, like a beer barrel, <laughs> you know? Coming out a walking pitch. beer barrel. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, just, just so, so many of them. We're not you know? stuck for choice for worse Millwall players. Well, I, I'm, I, I, I'm afraid so. That's an, yeah. an honour for Jason Dare because I don't think he's actually been mentioned on any, any of the shows that we've done as yet. <laughs> he so never will be again. That's you've sure. broken new ground there, Les. So nice one, mate. What's your most memorable match? Your most memorable match you've ever without seen? Without a doubt, the day we set the record for home games without defeat. The fifty-nine. Without mate. a doubt. Yeah. Look, let, let let me tell you something. You know, mm. This new ground of ours and, and and games in recent years, we we, we talk about atmosphere. Yeah. Um, now I saw a lot of games, maybe all of them, through that that run. That run, yeah, fifty-nine. You know, to, to, towards setting that record, and of course, the further along the line you go, yeah. the, 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 the the more you know, the louder the support yeah. gets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. in those days, right, especially going towards that, when I used to go down to Millwall. I used to go there, and we all we would all almost always attack Cold Blow second half where I stood. Yeah. And I used to hope that we would go a goal down. 
in the first half. I kid you not, because if we went a goal down, I knew what was coming. And what would happen, you would stand there, and all of a sudden this rumble would start at Hilderton Road. And it, you could hear it coming towards you. It didn't start, it didn't, the cold blow lane didn't join in. No, no, no. Right? You could hear it travelling towards you. And as it came round to your bit, you joined in. The din was incredible. And that day, I, I, look, I've been to Wembley like all of us. Yeah, I've been yeah, to international yeah. games. I have never heard a racket like that day. Never, ever, and never will again. Look, it may be the old rose tinted a yeah. little bit. Yeah, it yeah. may be. But I, it, I always said to my son, the one thing that I would like is I could get a time machine and take you back to that it's game. Because it was... You, you, you've heard the term mental. Yep. It, was, it, it was beyond mental. <laughs> it was absolute crazy mayhem. And of course, young, I mean, younger listeners won't really realise this, but this, I just about caught the back end of this. The Den in those days had no away segregation whatsoever. So no, it, was, no. it was entirely Millwall supporters all the way round with away fans dotted in where they could stand and, and be quiet, really. Um, well, was... I, I remember quite a famous game against Wolves when they had a player called Derek Dugan. Yes, yes, um, yes Now, yeah. Derek Dugan's one of them players. If he was on your side, you loved him. Yeah. He, he, he didn't. He hated him. And yeah. we were one up, and he equalised for Wolves. Uh, and in those days, I don't know if you remember, Nick, like part of the fashion, people used to wear what they called green doctor's trousers. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and a bit yeah. like the combat trousers yeah, of yeah. today, as yeah. I remember them. Yeah. And, um, and this is where memory fails. And okay. again, pull me up if I'm sort of going on a bit. Because no, 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 he's no, put no. one in the back of the net. And I've looked up, and all of a sudden, from the Alderton Road end, there's a bloke legging it down a pitch. <laughs> Now, it, everything, it's all in seconds, but it, it all goes in sort of slow motion, doesn't it? And I've looked at him, and I swear he had green doctor's trousers on. And <laughs> These thinking, are the details you notice, aren't they? <laughs> that ain't a Wolves fan. And, of course, Dugan has turned around. He thinks it is, and he's opened his arms wide, and this bloke's gone bang, and hung one right on him. All right? Now... I can take this a little bit further because at, um, at Flamingo Park down the A20, yeah. they had boot sales down the summer. And, and going back now, probably eight, ten years, yeah. I, I used to do a few boot sales down there. And a lot of the side loads of fishing bits of pieces. Yeah. And one yeah. day, this sort of couple stopped. Nice couple they were, nice smart people. And the blokes having a little dabble for me, sort of um, fishing stuff. And yeah. we thought we're talking. And... Um, He's a Millwall fan, so of course it all sort of... You get talking, on, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he's about my age, and I said, um, we started talking about this Wolves game, and I said, oh, that bloke, I said, he, my hero, that fella. <laughs> and he looked at me and started laughing, he said, well, I've got to tell you something, mate, it was me. <laughs> uh, and it, again, if he's listening, I, I sort of, I, 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 I hope you don't mind me sort of relating this story. No. And his missus um, <laughs> said to me, yes, she said, and the photograph, um, you got hold of the photo, one of the copy of the photograph of the, the, the actual punch and it's framed in our hallway but the funny thing is that picture has been on hop and you look at the bloke's trousers and they ain't they ain't green i'm sure they're not docker's trousers it's a bit hard to tell 
So, again, you know, the old memory's failing a bit, but that was, yeah, that was a strange one. Fantastic. Well, if but it, we're everywhere, like they say. Yeah, we are, we are. What, what, what great days indeed. And if that chap is listening to this show, I want to hear from you, because you're going to be the next oh, listed mate, he, he, he was a smashing fella, a real nice man, yeah. you know. <laughs> it, it's what we're sort of saying about Millwall people. Lovely bloke. Yes, indeed. Um, yeah. He was entertaining to talk to. Yeah. Um... I, I, I really hope he's still around. I'm sure he's going to games, and yeah, let's let, let's hope he, he, he does ring in. Like he, he was uh, be good, than, good to listen to. I'm sure welcome. there's a lot of other things he could tell you about. I bet there are. I bet there are. The new den. We just mentioned the new den earlier on, uh, Les. Um, do you like the new ground? We call it the new ground. It's 20 years old now, isn't it? it look, it, it, it's all right. I, I, it'll never be like the old place. No, it can't be. Um, can it? it can't be. Uh, there's been good nights there. There's been great atmospheres. There, there there's been dreadful atmospheres. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think there's been far more worse atmospheres than good ones. Yeah. Uh, which is a shame. But I don't think that's totally the fault of the, the ground. I mean, look, I, I think it's pretty well known. I, I've got certain issues with the club and mm. and 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 perhaps the way some of our supporters are treated but maybe this is not the best place to no mate go to, for, to, go no for. It, it, you know it, i could go on and on i mean the, the it's where i i, I see in west upper right. and it's a different by and large it's a different sort of person in in west upper they tend to be a little bit older mm. again in, in, in West Upper, sometimes it's a bit like a who's who. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Get what I would call proper faces from years ago. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we tend to be a, a, a little bit more sedate, if I can um, I think you're right. put yeah. it that way. But when you go over to the, 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 the cold blow and over in East Upper, we're fantastic support in East yeah. Upper. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I feel... Um, that our supporters are treated very badly by the the, the, the stewards, the police, and, and ultimately by their own club. And I'm sure there's lots of people listening that would argue with that, but um, I'm, I'm a bit of an anorak, and I, I've got lots of facts and figures to, to bear out what I say. But as I say, I don't, I don't think it's the place to... To sort of um, discuss that, really, because I, I, I think that's maybe a subject for another time because there, there, enough, there, there's so much of it. Well, perhaps we will you may return to that some other show yeah, like once the yeah, season starts. That'd yeah, be, that'd be yeah. great, mate. What's your favourite ever Millwall moment, Les? What's your, the well, favorite, your favorite? I, I, I go back to that game. <coughs> the, the 59 the, one. The yeah. Game, yeah, the game. The home game's about defeat. My favourite moment. <clears throat> is Len Julian scoring the winning goal. Yeah. Now, we, you know, I'll talk about mental atmospheres. That particular moment was the most... Mental. Mental, crazy, yeah. utter bedlam. <laughs> and I mean bedlam. Um, but again, the funny thing is, again, I'll, I'll keep bringing my boy into it because, of course, we, we, we talk a lot about Millwall. Yeah. And I say things... Do you know what, Luke? I can still see Len Julian's rising to, to head the winner. Now, if you read Danny Baker's account, yeah. he maintains it was a diving header. <laughs> now, I can't tell you whether I'm right or he's right, but uh, uh, again, what a fa uh, uh, that fabulous moment to me, better than getting to the cup final 
better than getting to the old first division. Better, better than anything. Fantastic. Because we did something no one else had done. No. I mean, of course, the, the record's been we set the, the longest unbeaten home record, didn't we? I think it was, it was only the it was a great Liverpool side that beat it. You're talking about international world class players. Absolutely, and, and it took uh, that to beat our record. But, uh, you know, absolutely fantastic. And you look at like the so-called. Um, small club of ours mm. and, and again it's an argument I've often had with people I, to me and I can hear the laughter now sleeping giant there's mm. massive support out there for Millwall um, okay most of them don't go well that's really sort of no different to any other club I, I'm sure if Manchester United were kicking around the lower divisions for uh, 20 or 30 years their support wouldn't be what it is today. Shit support anyway they've got, but that's another story. <laughs> that's another story, mate. Yeah. What would you pick as your funniest ever Millwall moment, Les? Have you got anything in mind? That you can Jesus shoot? Christ. Would <laughs> <laughs> you that, come back to that? <laughs> that, that you know, it, it, it's a sort of tough one. I mean, just silly little things, yeah, really. Yeah. Like, I remember um, a game down at Gillingham, an away game, and just before kickoff. Now, we're all there to support our team, you know, yeah. and the bloke next to us shouted out, right, come on, you cunts. <laughs> you know, that's his own team. And um, the other thing, down the old ground, we play, we were playing Watford in an yeah. early season game, and it might have been Hesenthaler playing for yes, I, I yes. can't remember. It was a German. That I do know. <laughs> and there was a bloke on the... Down on the where we used to stand on the on the north uh, on, on on the north bank, at the bottom of the terracing, there was a little flat bit, and then you had the fence, you mm. know. Mm. And there was a bloke stood there. He looked like he just got back from his holiday in Hawaii. He was sort yeah. of brown as a berry. He had yeah. no hair. He had a pair of sandals on, and uh, he had these Hawaiian shorts and, and a shirt, except they weren't matching and he probably needed a, 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 a volume control on it, you know? <laughs> and it, it, just, just a silly little thing, really. He's there all on his own. And um, all of a sudden, like, this German player comes over to um, take the throw in, yeah. and he does the Nazi salute and shouts out see Kyle. <laughs> now, it, it, I know it, it, it might not sound all that funny. It's in the moment, it, though, isn't it? It, moment. it? it just sort of sickled me, you know? <laughs> and the other things, I mean, when we slaughtered Paul Birch, everyone yeah, remembers yeah, that. Famous, famous, yeah. But, you know, they're, they're sort of, uh, there's so many down the old then when there was no fence, there was a little low wall. Um, I remember some kid, um, he had um, obviously said something to one of the coppers, and he was yeah. only about 12, yeah. and one of these coppers had grabbed hold of him, you know, by the sort of shoulder, yeah, yeah. trying to pull him Sling to him take out, him yeah. wherever. Yeah, yeah. So his mates got him by the feet. <laughs> so you had this tug of war going across this wall with this kid, with the coppers and all his little mates. Till the um, and then the copper with a flat hat came round and said, "Look, yeah. just let it go," and they sort of let him yeah. back in, and all of them in the cold blow singing, "We've got an helmet," and we're all going, "Oh fuck off!" And as we said that, the helmet comes flying out of the crowd. Uh, and my son's again, and my boy's favourite when he was a kid. I sometimes used to put him on a coach to away games with his yeah. mate, yeah. and they went up to Mansfield one night for a cup game. Yeah. 
And I asked when he came back, I asked him what went on. He said, oh, at half time, he said, I bought a pie. And they said, I got back with this pie just as the teams came out and their lot was, you know, we was behind their goal. Yeah. He said, and I put one bite out of this pie. He said, Dad, it was disgusting, so I threw it on the ground. <laughs> he said, and there's this great big bloke next to me. He said, oi, oi, don't do that, son, that's disgusting. Picked it up and threw it at the goalkeeper. <laughs> No, <laughs> yeah, you know, but it goes on and on, and everyone, so everyone's got a million stories from that club, and it like like we've been saying, that there's a like a million characters. That's for sure, Liz. That's for sure. No. Who, who would you pick out the current squad, mate? The question eleven. Who would you pick out the current squad as a particular favourite? Anyone I know it's a tough last one. Season. Um, I, I, the, I tell you, I like this this uh, Sean Williams. Yeah. I personally think he's the best midfielder at the club since Tim Cahill. Right, that's high price. I, I, I think I, I, on the ball, he, he's calm on the ball, he don't panic, he can pick a pass out. He came in at a very, very difficult time. Yeah. Um, people will argue that he's 27. Well, I've seen plenty of players that have come from the lower leagues um, at, at that sort of age. Uh, and gone from being a, a relatively um, low-profile player, yeah, yeah. if that's the right expression, yeah, no, no. you know, to someone very high-profile. You've only got to look at Ricky Lambert. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think Ricky Lambert, was he 32? 32. 32. He's played 32. All, all the leagues, hasn't he, from the yep. top through down. You know, so when he, 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 he rocked up at Southampton, he would probably have been about the same age as Sean Williams. No, I, I, I like him. Um, I think we've got a lot more to come from the boy uh, Upson. Yeah. I think Scott Malone, if he keeps going the way he is, he will go for big money. Yeah, ultimately. I'd, I'd agree with that. I like Malone. Yeah, I agree. Interesting choice, Sean Williams. Nice choice there from Les. Last question, mate. We've, we've nearly done the full 12 now, so this is your, 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 your finale. Um, your most hated or reviled opponent, as I put here. Who was the bloke you've, you, the, the opponent that you, you most disliked or hated over the course of your real career? No, it's, I'm, just, I'm sort of just who did I really despise? Again, too many to mention, to be honest. <laughs> We're stuck for choice. No, it's. I, 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 I you got all hippie and you were going to say you didn't dislike anyone, you know? <laughs> no, anyone in a palace shirt. I mean. Yeah, <laughs> we, we sort of talk about rivalries, and everyone says it's sort of West Ham that sort yeah. of people hate the most. Well, it's not me; it's Palace. Palace always. Um, yeah. uh, and I think you might find that of a, a, a lot of the older fans. Yeah. And 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 the pe peculiar things with, with Palace are that one, a very very good friend of mine, holds a very high position mm. uh, at Palace. And I, I will mention at this point, he's a, he's a Bermondsey boy and he's a Millwall supporter, always has been. Right. Um, and we've, he's done a lot of good uh, stuff for pa uh, for Palace. Yeah. Uh, another bollocked drop by Millwall Football Club, not under the um, same, the, the current, current regime, regime, under, the, yeah, under yeah. a different regime. Yeah. When, when, when they let this bloke go, right. uh, again, I mustn't mention any names. No, 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 no. Um, but he could sort of do wonders for our, 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 our youth set-up. Right. Um, so, yeah, Palace. Anyone in a Palace shirt, basically? Yeah, a a any anyone in a Palace shirt. Like a red rag or a ball to me. That's a good, you know? moment, good one moment to close it, Liz. That's fantastic, mate. 
And um, yeah, uh, but the West Ham thing—if I just made boy just for just no, one moment, it, yeah. believe it or not, a good friend of mine played for West Ham. Right. And not only that, he scored against us. Did he? Mark okay. Robson. Mark Robson. Yeah. There we are. Yeah. Well. Lovely fellow, Mark. I must say, but I didn't speak to him about a month. <laughs> now that is a good moment to close the conversation. That's fantastic, Liz. Congratulations, mate. You're, you're Achtel Mill's very first listed lion. So, listed lion number one, Mr. Well, Les Hammond. Thanks, 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 Nick. It's lovely. Great stuff. Here, Fantastic. Mate. Really, really good stuff. Thank you very much, Les. Seven. Our next show is going to follow the Leeds opening day fixture on August the 9th. So make sure you save our voicemail number 0208 144 0232 because we want all of your post match driving home comment after that game. First edition of CBL magazine is going to be on sale before the Leeds game. I dare say that's going to be at Stockholm Road, what with the usual maximum security category A precautions. And if you enjoyed this show, support it by picking up a copy. You've been listening to Achtung Millwall. Today's show featured Mr. Craig Griffiths, Mr. Charlie Mahoney, Mr. Les Hammond and yours truly. So we're going to close out today's show with a, a very special piece and I hope you like this. It's by a rather famous but not so well-known Millwall supporter, Las Vegas crooner himself, Mr. Tony Bennett. See you next time. Hi, my name is Tony Bennett. You might have heard of me. Well, I croon for a living. You know, it might surprise you to know that back in the day, I used to sing along your old Ken Road for a few bucks here and there. And while I was over there in London, England, I developed a love in my heart that has never left me. Take it away, Mr. Piano Man. I left my heart at Calvary, New Cross Town, Blasley. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. 
Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.